Hi, I'm Kathleen Estes, and this is your 15. Today we're going to be talking about worship as a lifestyle. Now many of us, when we hear the term worship, we think about those 20 minutes that happen on a Sunday morning right before the pastor's about to preach. But worship is so much more than just those few moments that we get together corporately for every week. I believe worship is meant to be a lifestyle that's a 24 hour a day, seven day a week experience. In Psalm 34:1, David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There are a lot of modern definitions for the term worship nowadays. But I thought for this teaching, I'd look back a little bit to the Webster's Dictionary of 1828 and find out what it had to say. And there were several things that stood out to me. The first was to adore, to pay divine honors to, to reverence, to respect, to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. I think this so beautifully describes what the lifestyle of a worshiper of Christ should look like. Everything that we do as believers is a part of our worship. Jesus said it this way in Mark 12, 30, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Basically, everything that we do we do as unto the Lord, and it's a part of our worship unto Him. When I was growing up, my mom worked really hard to instill this principle in my sisters and I. We used to have chores that we would have to do around the house, and I remember I would come to her ready to get on with playing, having finished my chores, and she would say, you, you got your bed made? And I would be like, yes, ma'am. And she would say, did you do it as unto the Lord? And I would have to shrug my shoulders, go back and redo how well I made my bed, you know, making sure that I tucked it in properly, put the little decorative pillow on and the teddy bear right in the right place, because she was teaching me that everything that I do, I'm not just trying to do it just enough. I'm doing it to bring honor and glory to God. It's all worship. And this has affected me as an adult now that I understand that everything I do, whether it's being on time for work on Monday morning, or if it's cleaning my house and, and doing the dishes, or um, how I dress, how I present myself. Everything that I do, I see it's part of my lifestyle of worship to God. Now you may be thinking, Kathleen, I'm really glad to hear this because I'm not actually a singer, so if everything else I do can be considered worship to God, I don't have to worry about singing because I'm not really musically gifted. Well, music is still a key part of our worship to God. Uh, I have two sons and I've been learning so much as a parent um, what it must be like for God as he looks at us as his children. And my boys love to sing. And it doesn't matter to me if they're on pitch. It doesn't matter if they're singing the right melody of the song they're attempting to sing or even if they're making up their own words to the song. It delights my heart just to hear them sing. And I believe that that's what it's like for our Father in Heaven. Our Daddy delights when He hears us sing. God has just given music just an ability and a, and a power, really, to stir our emotions and our soul. 
if you find, um, if you look, you can see that every generation kind of has music that defines that generation. For my parents, when they hear music that's done by the Beatles or Elvis Presley, it'll, it'll make them smile, it'll help them remember great moments that they had when they were younger. For me, I was a child of the 80s, so if I hear a Michael Jackson song or if I hear a Whitney Houston song, it immediately takes me back to you know having big, huge hair and dancing around in my bedroom in really bad clothes. Um, but music has this ability to kind of remind us and stir things in our hearts and in our souls. And the other day, I had a really good friend of mine call me. She was having a really bad day, and she was like, Kathleen, I just got in the car. I cranked up Adele on my stereo, and I just belted out. I set fire to the rain. She's like, I don't even know what the song meant, but somehow it just made me feel better to sing along with her like that. And it reminded me how music can really affect our emotions. And while I feel it's fine for us to enjoy the gift of music in that way and allow it to help stir feelings, it doesn't have the power to change our circumstances the way that praise and worship music, singing songs unto God can do. One of my favorite accounts in the Bible is of Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. And just to give you a little background in this story, Paul and Silas were traveling and they were sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there was this young girl that was following them. And the Bible tells us that she had a gift of fortune telling. And she was traveling, you know, following them around as they were traveling. And after a couple of days, Paul just turned around and decided he was going to cast that demon out of this little girl and she was set free. And you would think everyone would celebrate and rejoice over this, but the men that were profiting from the gift that this little girl had were infuriated that Paul had set her free from this demon. And so they got the whole town um, enraged and angry with Paul and Silas. And so I'm going to read this account to you. It's in Acts 16, and I'm going to pick up at verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When they received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I love this story, there's so much in it. But I think if we try to relate to Paul and Silas, you know, here they are, going about their day, doing the work of the ministry, telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ, and they find themselves stripped, beaten, put in prison. You wonder, what would your reaction be in those moments? But here we find these two men of God responding by praying and singing songs of praise unto their God. And they weren't doing it just quietly, like whispering it. They were singing loud enough that all the other prisoners could hear them. And this is what I love. Not only did their prison doors fly open and their chains 
were loosened, but every prisoner was set free from their chains. Every prison door was open. This is such a powerful story about how our worship to God doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone around us as well. We have an ability to set the atmosphere and the tone in our households through praise and worship. At night, when I'm cooking dinner, I'll often put on some music in the background. I love to put on Israel or New Breed, or sometimes I'll put on Jesus Culture music. And not only does it bring peace to me as I'm digging through the refrigerator, trying to figure out what am I gonna make for dinner tonight, but my children will come into the kitchen and they'll start singing along, they'll start dancing. And by the time we sit down to have our meal together as a family, there's a tangible presence of the kingdom of God in our home, the joy, the peace, and the righteousness of his kingdom can be felt around our kitchen table. I encourage you, find ways to incorporate praise and worship into your everyday lifestyle. It's such a gift from God. It's such a powerful gift. And I believe, you know, it can be as simple as making up a song of thanks in the morning while you're getting ready. It can be cranking up your favorite worship band and singing along in your car if you're stuck in traffic. Sometimes it's easier to do this on good days when the sun's shining and all is well, but it often is difficult on those days where really you'd just rather stay in bed and pull the covers over. But those are the days I believe it's even more important for us to declare with our mouths the, the praise of God. It's such a powerful tool that God has given us to fight anxiety, depression, fear, loneliness. I know in my own life there's been so many times where I felt um, just darkness and I know that as I begin to declare who God is, what His Word says, my circumstances change. I used to live in New York City several years ago and often I would find myself having to go out at night either for a meeting or for a rehearsal. And it's amazing how when you're walking down a street and there's hundreds of other people on the street, you feel safe. But as soon as I'd turn a corner and I'd find myself on this empty street, I would feel fear trying to grip my heart as I was walking down that alley. And at this time, there was a worship song we would sing at church. And I would begin just kind of timidly starting to sing as I'm looking around me, God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, I'm trying to convince myself. But as I began to sing that song and I'd walk further towards my destination, I'd begin declaring out loud, God has not given us a spirit of fear. I found that that spirit of fear was gone. And by the time I'd get to my destination, I was confident knowing I wasn't alone in that alley, that God, Almighty God, was walking with me. Now, you may not live in New York City where it's okay to just talk out loud to yourself as you're walking down the streets. No one even looks twice in New York. But wherever you live, I wanna encourage you, find ways to incorporate praise and worship into your everyday life. Life is not perfect but God is, and He is worthy of our worship. When we worship Him, it gets our eyes off of our circumstances and the things that we're dealing with, and it helps lifts, lift our eyes so that we can focus on His majesty, on His beauty, on His sovereignty. It reminds us that He's still 
on the throne. And his promise is true that he is working all things together for our good. He is worthy of our worship. I heard one leader say it this way, don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Let your life be lived in such a way that everything you are and everything you do is worship unto Him. So you may be thinking, what does this look like practically? I've never really experienced um, worship privately before. Here's just a couple of pointers that I would love to share with you. I'd encourage you to get a couple of favorite CDs, um, music that uh, you enjoy listening to, uh, to sing along with praise and worship. I've been a huge fan of Hillsong's music over the years, and Darlene Check is just one of those people, when I listen to her, it just um, takes me to the throne room. And so I, I love to shut myself off. Uh, in my bedroom is one of my favorite places, but it may be in your car, or it may be taking a break during your workday in your office. But I think it's important to find a private place. Uh, listen to some music um, is a good way to, to begin to, if you're not a singer, to begin to just worship Him. It can encourage you, sing along. I think it's very important not to just be listening, but to allow praise to come forth through your lips, to declare with your own mouth some praise unto God. Typically, I'll listen to maybe a song or two, and then I'll turn that CD off, and I'll just begin in my own words, with my own thoughts, my own thanks, um, my own expression of love to God. Just begin to let that flow. It's something that I think at first can be a little intimidating, but I think as you begin to just declare to God, I love you, I love you, Lord. It doesn't need to be an elaborate song. It just needs to be what's on your heart and expression of that to, to your King. Um, as you're spending time in God's presence, it'll often, for me, move into a, a time of prayer. Um, as I'm spending time alone with Him, I'll find that He puts things on my heart or on my mind to begin to pray, maybe for others, maybe for a, a particular circumstance um, that I'm going through. I had a particular time with the Lord where I was interceding actually for our children. And it was one of those moments when I began to just declare God's faithfulness. It was a reminder to me to declare things in the word, promises that I knew were true as I lifted up that, um, that desire of my heart. It was something that he would bring those thoughts to my mind to be um, interceding uh, for others as well as for those promises that he had given to, to my husband and I. I encourage you, find a way to shut yourself off and worship your king. And that is your 15. Thank <laughs> you.